Welcome to the podcast. Today, pretty much every sport uh, franchise around the country is going to change their name to probably something inoffensive. I don't know if there's anything inoffensive that's actually left, but the Redskins almost certainly seem to be gone. Indians look like they're going that way, too. We'll see who else is going to be uh, removed from the uh, from the record books. We also uh, talk about Glenn's special that happened this past weekend. You got to go check that out. It's at blazetv.com slash Glenn. If you use the promo code fight the mob, you can save 20 bucks off your subscription. Uh, there's a whole new version going to be uploaded uh, in super high definition later this week. You can wait for that as well, but it's worth making sure that you check out. And we talked to a congressional candidate from Baltimore who's trying to take Elijah Cummings seat, uh, a Republican, African-American who has a different perspective from uh, what you're hearing in the mainstream media. Make sure you check that out as well. It's an hour three. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn is the place to go to get the subscription. Fight the Mob is the code for 20 bucks off. Also, subscribe to this podcast and check out Stu Does America. Tonight, Stu Does the Washington Redskins. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to that podcast as well and get all of our episodes for free. And make sure to rate and review all of our podcasts with five stars because that's the appropriate amount of stars. Here's the podcast. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck Program, and welcome to Mr. Pat Gray uh, from Pat Gray Unleashed, the Thank podcast you. you can hear wherever you get your podcasts, or Indeed. you can hear him record it live uh, uh, right prior to this uh, broadcast on Blaze Radio. Hello, Pat Gray. Uh, hello, Glenn Beck. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. all of those things are very, very true. Uh, mm-hmm. And so is the fact that, you know, if if you're down on everything that's going on right now, yeah. you can forget all your troubles mm-hmm. by ordering cookies uh, from scrumptiouscookies.com nice. you are just doing <laughs> sponsored segments. was that just a shameless just a shameless yes, plug i do have to charge you for that especially since for you saying, haven't sent me any cookies for, lately oh that's true we should do that yeah well that, that'll be yeah. a payment yeah i, I mean, mean it's that's worth fifty thousand dollars worth of radio time <laughs> those cookies are worth fifty thousand dollars of radio time <laughs> they are that's scrumptiouscookie.com um, i mean that's like okay all right we got it <laughs> pat's wife is making cookies and they are honestly mm-hmm. did i tell you this uh my sister was up and i didn't say anything to my sister about them and she never listens so she has no clue and i said hey i just want you to i want you to try this uh this cookie coletta and she took a bite out of it and it was so funny because it was like watching my dad and my kids said it's like watching dad eat cookies because i <laughs> i analyzed them like my father used to who was a baker yeah and she did too and she just her eyes popped open she said this is a really good cookie and i said <laughs> right yeah i mean how come dad is like washed up now what is up with this <laughs> they were the, they're better than anything my father ever made and my father was a wow, really good pastry a huge chef. compliment thank you yeah, it's it's really nice good. to have a product that you can be proud of you know and i kind of am proud of her cookies they're pretty good you're almost yeah, as proud of the cookies yeah. as Colin Kaepernick is of America, I feel like. Oh, not quite that proud, not, not though, because that that's hard to match, well, because, that kind of pride. Yeah, because as you know, Pat. It's not about the flag. It's, it's not, not about, about the country. No. It's not about the, the it, anthem. No. It's not about anything. It's about police what brutality. Evidence that's do the you only have, thing it's about. What, what evidence do you have that it is about the that it is about the country or the flag? I tend to see a hint of it. 
a hint of it being about the country. <laughs> but it's so subtle, you have to really yeah. dig deep, don't you? Now, listen closely. Okay. See if you can parse this. All right. Because it's, it's, it's going to be hard. Okay. It's All right. very I know it's difficult. Be hard. And I want you guys to make mm-hmm. sure you... Because okay. we're told every day it's not about the flag. No. It's not about the country. It's not about the anthem. No. Um, okay, here we go. Um, <laughs> black people have been dehumanized, brutalized, criminalized, and terrorized by America for centuries... <laughs> And are Mm -hmm. expected to join your commemoration of independence while you enslaved our uh, ancestors. We reject your celebration of white supremacy. Oh, wow. So, I mean, I can't. Was that a news statement this weekend? Yeah, that's from this weekend. Oof. Now, there's a hint of it there. No, I hadn't even heard that one. See, I think I I I could see how you would read that (laughs) that way. (laughs) That it's not about the country. Yeah, yeah, and that it's not about division or anything when he says, you know, and then you expect us to join your commemoration of independence. <laughs> right. Like uh, when he's saying your, like, yeah. you almost think like he's talking about other people. I'm not part of this country. I'm not part of this country. I hate this country. It's kind of like that. Now it is, kind of, of like course, that. identical to previous statements he's made uh, with the same thing from the beginning, from the moment he started protesting when he was saying it was about the country and the flag specifically. Right. Mentioned those things very specifically. Yep. When he said this country has never been great for uh, for African Americans, mm-hmm. um, he wants to make it great for the first time there was some elements of that that i picked up and thought maybe he's talking about the country generally um but no uh, just about those very specific in uh you know uh, examples of police brutality that are well known that's <laughs> right, it that's right. all he's been okay. talking about all this right. whole time okay so i've got some uh, good news for you the edmonton eskimos have decided oh, to God. keep that racist name oh my god after an extensive year-long formal research and engagement program with the Inuit leaders and community members Bastards. across Canada. Wow, that's yeah. unbelievable, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, even though the, the Inuit, the actual Eskimos... Yeah. They don't have a problem with it. Well, they don't know any they're better. They're still Glenn. bastards. They don't know they should be offended by that. They don't well, know any better. of course they're not white. Right. So we need some right. white liberals out there to help them. Yeah. Exactly. This is a, now, an ongoing plan where we take away mm-hmm. things that uh, groups that are supposed to be offended actually love. Like the Washington Redskins, like Aunt mm-hmm. Jemima syrup, where African Americans oh. are overwhelmingly the biggest customers for Aunt Jemima syrup. However, wow. we have to tell them that they need to be offended by it and therefore should not be able to buy it anymore because <laughs> us as white people understand their plight better than they do. <laughs> and how about Uncle Ben? Let's get into that racist yes. smiling on the label there. <laughs> what, what kind of stereotype is that? That blacks smile all the time? Is that what that you is? Still, <laughs> listen to you both. Listen to you both. You just laugh it up, clowns. I know. Laugh it up. Right. Meanwhile, Mr. Coffee, the one who dominates every kitchen and oppresses everything else in the kitchen, mm-hmm. is left to just run the show the white mr coffee uh the cleveland indians are now thinking about changing their names uh they will and the and the redskins are going to do another thorough review of the team's name i don't know what you have to review we know we know we know why the name redskins was uh, selected uh, the first coach was Native American, yep. was he not? He's, yes, he's Native American he when they named the team. Right. Uh, they did it to honor mm-hmm. him. 
and also several Native mm-hmm. American players uh, at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the phrase, mm-hmm. it, and to, mm-hmm. my, to this moment, I have literally never heard the phrase used by a person in a derogatory manner other than the Redskins suck, meaning the football team. But I've never yeah. heard anyone using it in a derogatory manner at all towards <clears throat> Native Americans. Um, with the exception, you can go back to the 1800s and find ways. However, that was not the original way it was intended. Like, so it started out as a, by a, 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 a term used by Native Americans to describe themselves. Then there were some instances of racial use in, in history. Mm-hmm. However, that was not the, the use at the, at at the time or now. Yeah. So at some point in the middle, 200 years ago, people use this term in a bad way. And that's supposed to mean that we're, we need to change the, the name now. It's insanity. And this one is interesting because it's being led by FedEx, who has asked yep. the Redskins to change their name. And they, you know, they've got a $200 million investment in the Redskins. But I, I, I don't know if Daniel Snyder will cave into this. The, the way he, they worded that statement I makes me think I'm, they are. You think they will? Oh, yeah. I mean, just they're like... Because he has fought tooth and nail against so this stuff. Why are you but, doing another review then? Yeah. Why are you doing another true. review? I just feel like... It, and it's different now. They think they can get away with the folding because so many other companies have folded. Mm-hmm. And therefore, there's going to be loss in the shuffle of the constant folding of everybody else. And I'm sure Daniel Snyder's sick of dealing with this. I would like the review to come back. It'd take about six months and come back and just release a one-word statement. Nah. Roger <laughs> <laughs> the Redskins statement on the name change. Nah. <laughs> That's it. I like that. I like that. Uh, although the, the Washington Post, I don't think, would like it too much. Did you see no. the article, uh, while offensive TV shows get pulled, problematic books are still inspiring debate and oh, conversation oh, oh books so we now have to go after books is it time to burn them? as confederate uh it doesn't say actually anything about matches or burning the books yet. yet as confederate statues finally tumble across america television networks are marching through their catalogs looking to take down racially offensive content turns out that little video monuments were lurking all across the tv canon oh. more shocking with each new announcement just this month blackface scenes have been rediscovered and removed from the office community 30 rock and scrubs the office really i don't remember that scene of course not collective amnesia is essential condition for for perpetuating poisonous stereotypes (laughs) I really don't remember oh that my scene. Gosh. I don't either. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. As you were saying that, of I was like, he's actually saying, he's saying the words I'm thinking. <laughs> I really do not remember that scene. Uh, so they, she, she go, the, this writer goes into, now this is the Washington Post. The what post? About how there are books now uh, the that slave owner really post? need to is, be. Is that what you're saying? The slave <laughs> owner post? George Washington? Uh-huh. Slave yeah. owner? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I, did, the Washington mm-hmm. Post actually printed something criticizing the name, uh, uh, you know, Wash, the Washington statues. It's like it's in the name <laughs> of your paper, you dunce. You could have called it the DC Post, but you didn't. You didn't. So I bet I bet they will soon. Yeah, they probably will. The folding is just embarrassing at this point. It's it's just embarrassing. All these people crumbling. Uh, for what mm-hmm. you know for what um, not, and this is i you know i, I kind of came to a, a i want to run this guy by you this is totally a work in progress so it could be a terrible theory but i start, started thinking about this this weekend in that here is a, a country 
that I think is a good place generally. Like, I think it's a good place and mm-hmm. I like it here and I think it's the best country on earth. And I had to think about that a little bit because I wrote something for The Blaze on this topic. And as I was thinking about it, I was like, one of the ways you understand you're making real progress is when the complaints become dumber. They just become oh, yeah. so incredibly mm-hmm. stupid. Like, for example, like African Americans at one point were fighting to actually not be slaves anymore. They didn't want to be mm-hmm. slave. They were enslaved as a race, and they they were working for nothing and enslaved as a race. Now they are complaining that the holiday which would commemorate them no longer being a slave is not a big enough deal. Yeah. Like that is real progress. Let me give you another uh, example of that in, in uh, at the university of Wisconsin in Madison, mm-hmm. they want to take down the Lincoln statue because yes, while he was anti-slavery, he really wasn't pro black enough. Right. So what? <laughs> what? Right. Was he supposed to be a yeah. member of the NAACP in nineteen in eighteen sixty three? Wow. Yeah. Unbelievable. And like, and like these aren't like a, a statue coming down doesn't help one black person do anything. Nope. Doesn't help them accomplish anything doesn't help them advance in society no. doesn't help but that's at not, all we're no longer that's at the point. not the goal right the that's goal not the goal that's for sure mm-hmm. is to erase our history mm-hmm. and quite honestly i hear this and and i feel the same way this is ridiculous this isn't gonna last this is that's what every empire says that's what every country says right before it goes down the crap <laughs> yep. you know it's, everybody's yep. like well it won't happen it's happening it's happening mm-hmm. right now and it's happening and in multi- really multiple ways oh too. yeah because like right we've on had every front mm-hmm. several of these big movements that have like for example the right after parkland you had the shoot you know, the, the gun they went after guns like crazy you had the me too situation which again flared mm-hmm. up and, and it's uh, you know feels like it's died down at some level where not every day you have a new accusation against some uh, you know figure that you thought was beloved was apparently the worst person that's ever lived that seemed to have died down but then now there's this like there's con- this is constant it's that chaos theory you've been talking about forever glenn it's like there's this constant mm-hmm. churn of these massive crises uh, crises Christ, Christ, crises crises sorry mm-hmm. crises. I, knew it was, I knew it was in there somewhere uh crises that 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 take the foundation and just rip it up there's, so there's just no yeah. there's nothing so left and if, these things on their face are fine but it's it's overturning the foundation of the country there's no stability i would I would just like to point out that when I said their masks are going to come off, we thought their masks had come off here recently. Did we not? Did we not all say like, oh, wow, there's what a year ago? There it is. Uh, No. Have you noticed they keep unmasking themselves and it gets deeper and deeper? The things that were said about July 4th and Independence Day and our founders and everything else is shocking to me absolutely shocking to Mm -hmm. see the press they have taken their masks off they're not just marxists they are truly revolutionaries that are are cheering for the destruction of america and america Better stand up pretty soon better say something pretty soon because this silent majority is looking like a very silent, weak, and pathetic minority. 
And uh, I don't know about anybody else, but I want action. This is pu- this is putting us in a situation. Look, what the president said, everything he said on in front of Mount Rushmore, I thought was right. I the one thing I didn't like was this. I'm well, I'm going to do an executive order. We're going to have a park with monuments. I don't want a park with monuments. Mm-hmm. I want our monuments left alone. Leave them where they are. Period. I want somebody to start standing up for what is right and what is truly American. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Hey, it's Glenn, and you're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. If you like what you're hearing on this show, make sure you check out Pat Gray Unleashed. It's available wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You seem to have something bubbling a little bit inside your noggin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so, uh, you know, you have this guy who nobody really knows how he made his money, right? I mean, he's an investment guy, but nobody really knows... How did he go from a teacher to a billionaire? Right. You know? Only the guy. The only How thing the- is the Victoria's Secret is a, or the limited. That guy, uh, his billions. For some reason, he was very, very trusting of this guy with very little experience in managing money. Except for, of and course, his, it his worked ex- out very well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only thing he really had any sort of uh experience with was running a ponzi scheme which he was not prosecuted for unfortunately a lot of people's lives would have been changed if he was hopefully Uh, right but yeah never he got that one just kind of slipped away the other his partner got prosecuted not jeffrey epstein and then Mm -hmm. uh that experience somehow won him into running a billionaire's fortune uh and all of his cash which is a strange strange choice is that is that yeah is that yeah. part of your suspicion? Hey, I have the science teacher over here. He's just gonna he's actually biology, so it's you know, it's science, but it's not like running numbers or a computer or something, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh I mean what what how did he get this? Then he makes billions of dollars, he becomes one of the richest people in the world, and then he becomes everybody's best friend who happens to be a little bit scummy. Uh, he's everybody's best friend, uh, you know, Kevin Spacey, Bill Clinton, uh, even Donald Trump was his friend for a while. Um, but I don't know how you, I don't know if you were going on trips with, with him, like the Clintons. I don't know how you didn't know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, in this Netflix documentary on Epstein, they have multiple people who are like contractors working on this island, and all of them seem to know about it. They they all had they were all very suspicious as to why there were constantly fifteen and sixteen year old girls running around there, sometimes without clothes on. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was not a uh, did not, not seem, a secret. Yeah, it didn't seem to be well hidden. If that was if that was mm-hmm. the goal. So, what do you think? What do you think about the theory that uh, he might have been an intelligence asset? 
Mm. I don't know about that part of the theory. And this is, I've seen this um, uh, batted around a little bit and that he was essentially trapping all these powerful people as an intelligence asset. I think mm-hmm. even if you don't necessarily, to, to, before you even go down that road, because that's an interesting one as well, the idea of him being a guy who really liked this sort of activity, found other powerful people who also enjoyed the same activity, and was able to hold on to his freedom for as long as he did because he had uh, incredible amount of evidence on a credible amount of powerful people. So mm-hmm. the theory that he could just be free because look, he liked uh, hanging out with young girls. He knew a lot of other people who did too. And he had cameras all over the Island where they did all their stuff. So he could constantly use that as a, um, a shield against his own capture. There's that sort of level of this theory. You're going a step further than that even to say that this was an intentional outside foreign government sort of uh, issue. Outside of foreign government. Hmm? Or a U.S. government? I mean, just think of how much power you would have if you had the world's most powerful people on tape. You know? And that would be something that a government... Uh, you know, a deep state kind of scumbaggy do anything for power government. Can't think of one. Uh, <laughs> would of say, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> say, uh, uh, hey, um, you know, we could throw your ass in jail for all time, or you could just kind of work with us a bit. Just, uh, we just need some stuff on, let's say, uh, we just need some information on the queen. What does she eat every day? How does she keep her slender figure like that? What is she? Is she still exercising? They got some information on the prince. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> they got uh, that far, but they certainly got some. Information I don't know. On you just prince. you just have. Yeah. And, and I'm not necessarily saying it was for foreign governments as much as it is for just corporations and get them on our side, get them. You know, you just that's a lot of power. That's that's that's, you know, uh, Hoover kind of power. And, you know, Hoover it didn't end well for Hoover, but everybody was afraid of Hoover until he was out. Now, I don't know if. You know, I don't know if Maxwell, I mean, they're saying she's singing like a bird. It's a, it's a weird way this went down. I mean, she people were speculating she was all over the world. She was apparently in New Hampshire, uh, <laughs> gets arrested. And, you know, she was the girlfriend. If you haven't watched all these documentaries, all the girlfriend slash sort of uh, teenager picker upper of the uh, of the Epstein uh, world which was again we were kind of talking about this off the air it's a world that's it's one thing to say okay you're going to abuse a few women right terrible horrible person you are you're going you're going to prison you're an apologist um, for this now no, i did i said do i i just I mean, said you're going to prison it's terrible it's, horrible it doesn't sound uh, like apology I mean, of course it's terrible you no, abuse a few women no but i i'm trying to make it a separate point but i appreciate you interrupting <laughs> it so you can make it good. look like yeah, i was I'm saying something trying else. to help you uh, yeah of course yeah um the point is though how would you think you could possibly get away with what he did 
you know, if you you have a couple of targets and you do something terrible to these a few women, maybe you think you're going to get away with it. This is a guy who routinely, over a multi multi year uh, time frame, would go out into local communities around him and abduct basically multiple 15 and 16 year olds and bring them in to do all this stuff at his house in which he was in which he owned was well known in the community mm-hmm. was in a very wasn't really wearing a mask area was not really <laughs> yeah. wearing a mask this yeah. is pre-covid uh was not wearing a mask mm-hmm. he is in a the, the richest community in the area where all of the rich people are that know everybody and everything about this, this community because it was it's tight knit and everyone knows when the new person moves in. He's bringing in like you know p- people who are uh, of lower means that don't normally go to this community, who, bringing them in over and over and over again, and then having networks of recruiting going out into local high schools. Like, how on earth could you possibly believe that it's, that one of the 116-year-olds you bring into your home is not going to start talking to their mom about this when they feel bad about it later on? There's no way you could believe you're going to get away with this unless you had either just an incredible amount of hubris and believe you could get you could pay your way out of everything because no one's going to believe this random 16 year old but when you've done it with 100 of them there's going to be enough uh enough people who can come together and say yes this happened or you have some real high connections that you think can deflect all of these things when it comes down to it it's hard to imagine honestly that anyone could just be this ballsy i don't know how you think it's going to work without those connections well you could your arrogance could get out of control but you you wouldn't your arrogance wouldn't get out of control unless you had some sort of you know trump card hanging not literally but some some sort of a (laughs) you know a card that you could pull out and go yeah i don't think you're gonna look over here you know i i mean it's just it it's and it seems like you did have it with i have an easier police yeah which yeah. is amazing. You know, here they are, the enemies of everyone. Oh, everyone. The police. Oh, my gosh. Everybody hates the police. You know, the only people who stood up for those victims were the police officers. Everybody right. else abandoned them all throughout government, basically. The police yeah, officers. FBI, all of them. Yeah. They actually stepped up and said, no, we're not going to let this happen. And continually beat this drum for multiple years after uh, it had already been covered up. We still wouldn't have known. If it wasn't for them, uh, if it wasn't for the police officers continue so focused on making sure this guy paid for these crimes, we, we would have never known about them. It's uh, it's it's truly remarkable uh, that he killed himself, too. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I just don't buy it. I yeah. just I don't buy. I have an easier time thinking Bigfoot killed John F. Kennedy <laughs> than this guy killed himself in prison. Really? Because I don't think I there's do. a lot of people proposing the theory that Bigfoot killed John Kennedy. So you're pretty you're on a right. limb on that that's, one. That's that's way out on a limb. Yeah. But I would accept <laughs> that one faster than this was just no. The camera was out and the guys and. 
they were just sleeping and it was weird and it was you know nobody came in there he just hung himself there's uh, no i don't believe it there's a new I book out about, about this too maybe we should get the authors on um there's a new book about this that basically uh dives into this and is only focused on whether the the uh, suicide was real you know like it's not focused on the entire story because there's a lot of epstein stuff coming out this is about like what happened at the prison this doesn't make any sense can we get that person on we gotta get yeah that person it's on. two it's two authors i'll i'll um i'll, I'll get the, the name of the book and stuff because i think and what it, is their conclusion uh one of them is completely convinced that it that it was not suicide one of them is completely convinced the other one is like not completely convinced but very skeptical like i would say uh is very open to the idea that it could have been um uh uh, it could not have been you know potentially suicide um the interesting thing it's not just random people too like one of them is a you know well-known journalist uh, has worked for you know uh mainstream and conservative leaning i would say sources um uh so i mean it's not like some crazy conspiracy book i mean it's just looking at the facts of the situation and and like look it it's super suspicious i mean there is an idea that a person who has lived this uh, life where they've done all of these things could just decide, screw it. What's the point? Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of evidence though, that that's not where his head was at that time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> even then, yeah. you know, yeah. he still, he yeah. was still pretty convinced. And honestly, Glenn, I think there's evidence to say that he had a, a decent case. Honestly, that's not the case that he was innocent of these crimes. The case I, I mean, he signed an agreement with the federal government that he would not be prosecuted anymore for any of this stuff. And like, you know, they just basically said, and this has happened several times, and I think it's a bad development overall for the country, which is we get these things, they get resolved legally. And then we say, you know what? This is a big deal. And there's a lot of documentaries about it. Let's just break all those agreements and now prosecute the person again. And it's the same thing mm-hmm. with Cosby. It's happened with several. Weinstein no, is in this area. It's the same thing with it's the same thing with uh, the Me Too movement where yeah. yep. I've settled it. Mm-hmm. You uh, we paid out a big amount of money and then you come back and you're like, no, I want some. Uh, I, I want to tell the truth. You can't do that. You can't have both. I mean, Cosby, you can't have both. Cosby signed an agreement that he would not testify yep. unless it was sealed and then he testified and then they just unsealed it because they really wanted him to go to prison well that's not okay <laughs> i mean I, I think all these guys are guilty but that's not how this process is supposed to work this is the best of the glenn beck program and don't forget rate us on itunes Just as you feel maybe a little beat up, like there's nobody talking common sense anymore, let's cover something the media won't. Um, There are Republican candidates in the greater uh, Baltimore area, uh, one, two, five, five Republican candidates uh, that are African-American. And uh, we have one of them on, I think you're going to like her, Kim Klasik. She is a woman that moved to Baltimore around... Right after I think Obama was elected and uh, she founded Potential Me. And this was something that would help women, um, you know, uh, get into the workforce and then develop themselves. I I think it's really great. She assisted 200 women to become gainfully employed. 30% have gone on now to uh, obtain financial independence. 
And Kim is with us now. Hi, Kim. How are you? Hey, God. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Good. So, Kim, tell me a little bit about uh, yourself and why you're running. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, like you said in the opening there, and thank you for that. I appreciate it. I started a workforce development nonprofit in the Baltimore City area about eight years ago. And it was just really to help women coming out of incarceration, rehabilitation, um, and homelessness to get back into the workforce. Mm. So we decided to get them clothes, get them ready. We worked with deployment specialists. Uh, they would call us and let us know when they had job interviews, and then we would get them going. And so from there, I noticed there was a huge need for career opportunities in general, you know, not just the jobs, but the careers with the health care benefits and everything that everybody really wants to have. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to do more. Uh, I'm going to investigate it and see why we don't have so many more career opportunities in the Baltimore area. And as I was digging, I just noticed that I had so much potential to do so much more in the city, uh, but Baltimore City officials weren't really getting it together. Um, and then last summer in July, I decided to take my video camera through uh, parts of West Baltimore to show the blight, uh, the trash, the illegal dumping. I posted it online. President Trump saw it. He retweeted it. And then this discussion began about how resources weren't really going to so many people in need. Uh, there's a lot of neighborhoods in Baltimore that have been neglected. And we kind of wanted to just highlight that. And since then, we found out, you know, if you call DPW, who picks up the trash in Baltimore City and Harbor East, a very nice neighborhood, uh, the answer to call 100% of the time. In Carlton Ridge, where I was with my video camera, where you saw the riots in 2015 after the death of Freddie Gray, they answered the call 5% of the time. So the disparity is there mm. and the resources are there. The money is there, but for some reason, it's just not getting it to the people in these neglected areas. So I decided to just throw my hat in the ring and give it a shot. So you're actually going for Elijah Cummings' seat. Yeah, so this is the uh, general primary. We had the special election uh, back in on April 28th. Uh, I did not win that, unfortunately, but I did go off against Kwasi and Fume. He's now in the general primary with myself. Uh, we were able to mm. capture 70% of the vote uh, on June 2nd. So we're, we're excited about it. Uh, we beat seven other candidates, uh, some of them lifelong Republicans that have run before. Um, I think people just want to change a new leadership. So, Kim, tell me how, because I think it was Baltimore where they just threw another statue of Columbus into the Inner Harbor. Um, what, what is happening in uh, our African-American communities? What, what's, what's really going on? How much of this is, how much of the I hate America, tear it all down is real? And how much is coming just from Marxist revolutionaries? Uh, I would think 95% of it's coming from Marxist revolutionaries. I mean, you look in Baltimore, people don't remember, but in 2017, our mayor, who just went to prison because she was indicted uh, for pay to play, but she actually did in 2017, she removed four Confederate statues because it was the trendy thing to do. Our homicide rate, carjackings, armed robberies, all of those numbers have gone up significantly since then. So it's not connected. Uh, people should understand that and know that by now. You know, this virtue signaling, this is literally just virtue signaling. It doesn't affect the, the poverty. It doesn't affect the education system that's broken or the crime and violence that's sky high. Um, so I don't know why we continue to do this. You know, it was awful to see Columbus uh, going into the, the Baltimore City Inner Harbor this weekend. Um, but these are people that come into neighborhoods that they don't belong to. 
Uh, they didn't spend the money to put that statue there. Um, and as far as I know, we, we got rid of our Confederate statues four years ago uh, or three years ago. Mm. But, you know, people just don't seem but to I don't think it's, remember. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's like uh, listening to Colin Kaepernick. Oh, it's not about the flag. It's not about the country. It's about police oppression. Well, now he comes out right. this weekend and says, you know, that this is a horrible, dreadful, racist country. Um, and, you know, all of the voices seem to be uniting, including those in the press on, mm-hmm. you know, Independence Day is a white supremacist day and we don't want anything to do with it. And and we're looking at the destruction of our country. Yes. Yeah. No, I don't understand why we're, uh, you know, it, it's hard to understand how people are getting uh, enraged over things that just don't change their life or the trajectory of their future it, it, it doesn't make any sense um so yeah colin kaepernick all these people you know they're really getting famous and getting paid off of i call it fear-mongering you know we, we're not talking about defund the police in baltimore city where we had 348 homicides last year we we're on uh we're progressing this year and we'll have even more this year um so you know it it, it doesn't affect us um, it's literally just the trendy thing to do. You see a lot of people at these protests, and they're there to take Facebook pictures or, or you know, post it on Snapchat. They're not even, you know, really talking about what they're protesting. You ask them what they want in the end, no one seems to have an answer. So they're making these demands of absolutely nothing. So what is the, do you think there's a disconnect, or what is the disconnect between black Republicans being the majority on city councils versus struggling to put through a Republican candidate in Congress? Well, it's, you know, basically the, the difference in parties. You know, it says I'm a Republican. Uh, everybody on city council, our, our city has been run by Democrats for the past 60 years. Um, and they truly make people believe that they're there to help them. But, you know, they're pushing the welfare state. Uh, I tell people, you know, the only way that you're going to come out of poverty is with employment. That's the only way that's going to happen. Um, so you got to want to go to work. You have to. And we met a lot of people that do want to go to work. You know, we met a lot of people that don't want handouts. They just want that hand up and continue to go. Um, but, you know, in, in this area, it's, it's basically here. We'll give you this. We'll give you that. Um, and then you'll be just fine. But people become dependent on the government. They can only get but so far. We talk a lot about Section 8 and how fathers aren't even able to live in the home uh, to receive that uh, program and funding. Um, and, and that's another thing, you know, we've dismantled the family structure within the black community over the past few years, or I would say even a decade or so. Um, and that's a big, big problem. You know, those that don't have that fa- two parent family in the home, they're, they're bringing in less money, less income, you know, so of course, they're going to have uh, more issues, uh, you know, surrounding money problems. So it's, it's not rocket science. It's, it's just common sense. Uh, but nobody wants to seem to apply it here. So how do we get uh, African-Americans to look at actual Black Lives Matter? Their website says part of their platform is to destroy the nuclear family. That seems anti-American, anti-family, anti-African-American, that families are very important. How can we how can we connect Black Lives Matter to their own words and their own philosophies, which shouldn't uh, shouldn't appeal to African-Americans. Right. And, you know, and I, I love that New York Times, they did an article, I guess it was two weeks ago, showing that, you know, 64 percent of the people even involved in Black Lives Matter are not absolutely actually black. You know, they're white. 
Um, but, you know, they've got to, we've really got to have bigger voices. You know, LeBron James, people like that, even Colin Kaepernick, if they would just take a second and read what the mission is and tell people exactly what's going on, um, you know, then people would listen. You know, when, it, when it's me saying it, uh, when it's Kanye West, when it's someone that they don't consider uh, to be black enough, you know, that's a thing these days, right, to be a coon or an Uncle Tom. Um, but if, it, if we had voices that said, look, this is a mission, this is not going to work. I mean, you know, you've got LeBron James who came from a single-parent household. He knows exactly what it was like to grow up like that. And then you've got Colin Kaepernick. He was adopted and had a beautiful family structure, and he knows what it's like to grow up like that. You know, so it's kind of like, why can't we just have these real discussions and conversations? And somebody's got to get these guys to the table and talk about it. Um, I, I think, you know, Charlemagne the God and the Breakfast Club, you know, they had on Joe Biden. Uh, it would be great for them to have other people come in and really talk about, you know, what's going on as far as conservative values and our beliefs. Um, a lot of African-Americans don't even know they are conservative. You know, a lot of us grow up in the church. Uh, we know a lot about how important family structure is because you either lived on the one side with a single parent or, or the other side with two parents. And you understand you had parents or uh, friends that lived on both sides. And so you get it. Um, but we need to talk about, you know, why it's so important to keep the family together, why careers are the only way you're going to lift someone out of employment or uh, poverty, and, and why it's important to even have employment and, and how that is helpful for, you know, this health insurance and the dental insurance. And, you know, we, we've set the bar so low for people. Um, we need to focus on getting better, not just in the black community, but in the country as a whole. You know, we can help each other. I don't know why we have to be so divisive. Uh, you know, when you hear something like Black Lives Matter, that is divisive. That's divisive language, which they accuse President Trump of having all the time. So I find that even interesting. Um, so, Kim, let me ask you one final question. Uh, Donald Trump was doing well with African-Americans, uh, the black vote, and um, kind of fell apart a little bit, we think, uh, because of coronavirus, where now everybody mm -hmm. is struggling to make ends meet, et cetera, et cetera. But during that time, there was there seemed to be an awakening uh, with the African-American community, Kanye West, Candace Owens, et cetera, et cetera. Is that real? Is that still happening? Is there something happening to African-Americans where they're waking up and going, you know, this isn't working out well for us? Uh, yes, I, I think, you know, that was coming around because you could see the numbers, you could see the drop, you know, the unemployment numbers. Uh, was at its lowest ever at that point in time. Um, he was talking about the money he was given to HBCUs. And for me, with my workforce development nonprofit, that First Step Act was so important. And I would harp on that all the time. You know, we would have people coming out of incarceration. And, you know, they went in there before technology was really a thing. So they come out, mm -hmm. they can't fill out job applications online and on the computer mm -hmm. because they're still trying to figure it all out. But that First Step Act, that is what was getting them the training so they can have those skills so they can go and apply for these jobs. And so people, you know, started to see that and started family members, you know, that weren't employed for so long, you know, finally getting jobs and good careers. So, you know, as soon as we get back on track, I think after this pandemic, uh, we might see that even before November 3rd. Well, I wish you all the uh, best of luck, um, Kim. I, I, um, I sincerely do. We, we need new, fresh blood uh in congress and people who will stand up for the declaration of independence and the constitution so i wish you all the best of luck that's kimberly uh Klackick. uh you can uh follow her on twitter uh Klasik, i'm sorry um you can follow her at kim 
Baltimore at Kim uh, K Baltimore. You can also find Kim K for Congress dot com. If you would like to uh, help her out with her bid to Congress, Kim K for Congress dot com. 